0: Okay, welcome back to uh, this week's uh, CC Talks. We're here in our usual uh, haunt. Uh, we have Guinnesses in hand, and uh, Chelsea's got a, uh, a usual cranberry juice in a, in a much better glass. Chelsea, yeah, much more fairly. Absolutely speech. right. I'm going to take a And of a pe- course, um, take a picture. We, uh, we have a new uh, new recruit. Uh, I don't like the word recruit, but we have a new uh, new gentleman has joined us. So Jack, welcome Jack, welcome to the Thank CC you. Talks podcast. And uh, Jack is uh, going to be joining us and here working uh, with us, business uh, data analyst. Um, so, uh, a lot of insight, and uh, Newcastle Newcastle fan. From my sins, we yes. Sins, yeah, well, we're going to come on to that a little bit later on in the podcast with uh, with Rafa. So, uh, let's do the register, guys, as we always do, and Jack, you'll uh, fall into line on this. So, Miss Burns. Here, sir. Mr Powell. Here, sir. And Mr Smith. Here, sir. There you go, all right, full house. So, uh, great, and we're going to cover today for the podcast the main main areas we're going to be going on are manager movements, uh, there's obviously a bit of speculation with various uh, people. It's the time of, time of year, I suppose, coming through in the season. And also, we're going to be touching on a few bits on uh, what's happened in the, in the past week. And, uh, and then we're also going to be t- discussing stadiums uh, as well. There's been uh, some interesting movements on the uh, Tottenham Hotspur. So we'll come back and uh, go through all those. Okay, so we mentioned about uh, the Tottenham Stadium. We, we covered it last week in the in the podcast there, but we now want to drill into the actual the strategy, the corporate strategy behind it. And you know, they've they've invested over a billion uh, pounds in it. So well, how are they going to get a return on on the investment? You know, the uh, uh, we know they don't invest in the players, um, but they've now put this uh, this new stadium in. And uh, they've got it now marketed, and, and obviously increase the the revenues that are coming back in. Now, interesting enough, Chelsea, there's been a bit of chatter, and you've been researching some stuff on on the naming of the uh, the local um, tube station to fall in line.
1: Yeah, so I mean, currently um, the the railway station is called White Hart Lane Station, mm-hmm. um, and Tottenham approached TfL a while back, um, essentially saying that they wanted to rename this, rename the station to Tottenham Hotspur. Um, and TFL went out and got a, a third party valuation and came back saying, yep, that's absolutely fine, but it's going to cost you 14.7 million. <laughs> nice
0: one. I bet Mr. Levy loved that. Yeah,
1: which <laughs> didn't sit too well with them. Um, but kind of things have, things have moved forward this week, so um, they're now no longer having to pay the 14.7 million.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's been reported that there's been a memo, memo of understanding that's been drafted between the club and TFL. Um, and essentially, what's been said is that the, one of the um, club's executive directors, Donna Cullen, she's turned around and said, "Look, we don't want this to be um, a commercial deal because actually we've got um, plans um, where the naming of the station, the renaming of the station to Tottenham Hotspur, is an integral part of their plans for proposed naming rights with okay. regards to the new state, uh, the new stadium." And they're they're saying it's going to be around two hundred fifty million um, for the mm. naming rights. So. Yeah. It's quite a big one for them, really. At the moment, it's it's still open to public consultation, so it's definitely not a done deal. Right. But it is a move forward um, with regards to no longer having to pay the fourteen point seven million.
0: Yeah, it is because Arsenal did the same, didn't they? When they built uh, the Emirates, um, yes, they, they they changed the name. I think I don't know what it was before the Arsenal. So no, but it's, I apologize yeah. for that. But uh, yeah, but I know they changed the name. So yeah, it's good. It falls in line, and um, and again, it, it's more branding, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, TfL have some, a bit of a policy, really, with regards to heritage stations. They try not to rename them. They sometimes allow 24-hour renamings for kind of public relations reasons. But actually, a renaming, they tend to stay away from. I know you said they did it back then with Arsenal. Um, but they turned around and said, you know, look, a partnership between TfL and Spurs is a great thing they think that they can realise benefits out of it just as much as Spurs can. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm. Um,
1: So they're they're willing to enter into discussions to see if they can move this forward.
2: Okay, what's the space? We should definitely do a paper on the recent history of uh, Tottenham Hotspur's corporate strategy, linking it especially to Daniel Levy's recent business that's been so economical for for the club, linking it back to possibly where Gareth Bale left originally and bringing it up to date with um, this new stadium being built.
1: But do we really think that his strategy's changed? <clears throat> his, the corporate strategy is his strategy. At the end of the day, the overspending with regards to the stadium was so significant. Do we think that that's why we've seen kind of a U-turn in the strategy where they're now spending less on the players?
3: No, that's a good question. No, it's a good question. I mean, because they have been talking about building a stadium for, for donkey's years, haven't they? So you know, you, if you think about what the corporate strategy includes, it's obviously going to involve revenues from the new stadium so you know how many how much more is it going to mm. generate yeah. from the new stadium for the, for the club you've got to talk about player trading because obviously they realize a huge amount of money for Gareth Bale they've got some you know very valuable players mm. present but they mm. haven't invested anything further in the players unless they've got players coming through from the academy they've got a great academy that have invested in that so yeah. you know there's the capital appreciation potential you know, for the club itself from having this yep. fantastic new stadium. You've got the revenues from NFL being there, from more ticket sales, from you know, from a whole host of things, you know, naming rights on the stadium. It's it's a really interesting strategy. So we should we should do that. We'll do a paper, we'll publish it on the website and then we'll talk about it again at, you know, once we've done it.
2: Could be a different question with regards to the NFL as to whether the owner of Fulham does actually manage to purchase Wembley at any point in the near future, which would then link to, I think it's the Jacksonville Jaguars coming and basing themselves at Wembley, which would make them the English club, as opposed to basing themselves at the new Spurs Stadium?
3: I mean, yeah, that's a good question, but it opens... There's a whole host of points there, isn't there? There's one about, you know, you know what does the Fulham owner really want to do and, you know, in relation to the Jackson. Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, there's also the question of what's you know what's the strategy for the NFL? Is the NFL strategy to try and get a London team, or is it to have different teams playing in London? Yeah. yeah. And you know how does that fit with you know with Tottenham Twickenham to a certain extent, but mostly Wembley? Mm. Yeah. No, I think it's there's a whole host of things that feed into this same point, and it all sort of revolves around the new Tottenham Stadium. You know, it's why we've been talking about it for the. Last two or three podcasts, so we should do some, you know, do a paper on it, and let's have you know some further discussions and parts of it because it all feeds into football generally and the, the business of. Football. Mm. And it'll be interesting because you know, I mean, Tottenham have set the
0: model, but there'll be other clubs, you know, there'll be other clubs following mm. uh, that need, you know, need new stadium. Um, Chelsea
2: being the first one, yeah, to it is to do it before Bromwich's current situation.
0: I know, and uh, I mean, he may, yeah, uh, you know, I think you'd read something uh, Chelsea. I mean, he is. Probably now okay. more open to sell. I think. Yeah. Um, you know that's the sort of uh, the chatter. But um, and of course, whoever comes in, um, which will be interesting to see who does. Then they've got the planning already exactly. there. They may change the style of it. It was uh, you know it was an interesting style. Um, so, uh, but that's another you know another huge uh, project. And and there we'll look at the the good and the bad. Just coming back to Tottenham, the the, the stadium. Remember also the construction companies. We'll be paying penalties for overrunning, so there'll be there'll be penalty clauses in there. Mm. So it all won't be it won't be just on uh, on on, uh, on the shareholders. Um, but uh, yeah, good one, good one.
1: Okay, so I know in last week's podcast we were talking about um, the Nike deal, um, with women's football, and it's been another it's been another big week really for women's football. Barclays have revealed that they are the first sponsor of the um, the new women's Super League. Um, financials mm. are yet to be disclosed, but right. it is saying to be a multi-million pound deal, so it's a big one, really. Yeah,
0: yeah. £10 million plus, I think, is it? Yep. Over yeah, over three years. Over three years, yeah. Yep. Be, yeah, I mean, it's starting, isn't it? It's starting. The big brands are getting behind the women's game, which is good.
1: And what do we think they're going to they're see as a return on that? I know we were discussing it earlier. Is it just from a reputational side of things that they want to be seen to be, be getting involved with women's sports... No. Is, it, is there more to it? Well, I mean, at the
0: end of the day, it's. I think, I can't remember, but banking, certainly finance, banks, they spend a fortune on customer acquisition, yeah, as, as do others, but banks specifically, especially if they can get them early, if they can get a client early enough. So, you know, it's Barclays. I mean, they've been associated with the Premier League for a lot of years, mm. but I don't think they wouldn't be just doing it for that. They'll be doing it from can they get a return by targeting, you know, the women account holders. And getting either, you know, uh, younger women to to join the camp. So there will be a a strategy behind it, um, definitely.
3: There will be a strategy behind it, and it will work well for both sides. So if you think about the Women's Super League, they're getting a title sponsor. Mm -hmm. They've got TV rights, I think, with both BT Sport. I think it's on the red button as well on the BBC. So they need to start generating revenues. But, of course, from from the perspective of Adidas and Nike, Mm -hmm. women... Do sport, you know? You know, we said last week, didn't we, Chelsea? That you know, Nike was it a third of the of the apparel and footwear sold by Nike is to women. It's worth about seven billion a year. Seven
1: billion dollars.
3: I mean, you know, I suppose you've got to be careful how you say this, but from Adidas's perspective and from Nike's perspective, doesn't this represent fabulous value? Yeah, 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 massive. What's the cost of sponsoring the men's game?
0: Or getting involved mm. in
3: sponsoring players, etc., in the in the men's game compared to the women's game at present, yeah, you know, it will go up over time. It's going to get. I mean, because Jack, you were saying about um, the the recent game between. uh, well it's Atletico Madrid ladies and Barcelona ladies
2: the the attendance broke the previous record of 53,000 at a women's game to be north of 60,000 in attendance and when the Women's World Cup was on I can't remember if it was last year or the year before record attendances watching it on TV record attendances actually attending each game the game progresses huge and it has done over the past few years and sponsors like Nike and Adidas are just going to push it further forward
3: you get in now though don't
2: you? If, if if you're yeah, Adidas correct.
3: and Nike, you get <coughs> in now. You can see the way that this is curve. going. But the you know, the bang that you're getting for your buck here, you know, the, the return on your investment in mm. in, in advertising and sponsorship is unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, this is mm. the, this is the time to get in. So, but that works well for the women's game as, as you know as well because they need to get these sponsors, these you know partners in in order to help grow the game. Yeah.
2: In, um, in athletics, obviously, the female athletes have been sponsored by Nike, Adidas for years. In football, the biggest names in women's football have been sponsored for years as well, but it now it's becoming more prominent where there's higher numbers sponsored by the bigger brands, Nike and Adidas, more predominantly he said it. with the World Cup numbers. He said it. <laughs> he said Nike. I know.
3: Nike. You, you were watching Bloomberg as well, and they told them off on Bloomberg for saying Nike. But anyway, it's his first go. It's Jack's first go. Yeah. Carry on, Jack. Go, uh, carry on. on but yeah. yeah,
2: so Nike and Adidas now sponsoring the big, now <laughs> sponsoring the bigger athletes. That's more recognisable with uh, the World Cup winning squad with the USA now with the big Premier League and the Women's Super League, sorry, and with the Ballon d'Or and more awards being notably handed out to female female footballers. It's the business of of female sport and female football more predominantly has grown exponentially over the past three to five years. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, commercial sponsorship, you know has got to work well for both parties. So you've got the, the brand on one side or you, and you've got the club or the league or whatever it is on the other side. And there are so many opportunities now for both the clubs, the leagues, and also for the brands. We, what we'll do, and again, we, we were talking earlier about doing a paper about the, you know, the, the Tottenham Stadium, the Tottenham corporate strategy. From a commercial analytics point of view, we'll do the same for this because I think that the, the opportunities and the value in the in the women's football game right now is just unbelievable. I think this is the time that you get in. You were talking about Barclays earlier, Steve. Yeah. And about them grabbing, you know, grabbing customers as early as possible. It's always been the case. You know, the number of, of, of girls playing football now is you know is is growing exponentially. Mm. Yeah,
0: from we'll a young age upwards. Yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely. Yeah, we'll, absolutely. Get the, we'll
0: get the figures, and, and it's you know, but also you're looking at you're looking at you know the main sponsors, but you're looking at now across the board because it's all about again it's about the eyeballs it's Mm. about awareness and and you're saying the women's game is now becoming more mainstream you know the men the men's game you know now to some sponsors is being priced out you know so there's an opportunity now to get in and uh and this isn't just happening in a sort of european base this is global you know this is global coverage um and we've got the world cup world cups coming up Mm. later on this year um so uh you know that'll be interesting to see the, the sponsors wrapping themselves around that, I and think where be, it
2: ripples out from there. I think it'll be interesting to see how, with the sponsors coming in and the pricing going up on individual players, clubs, the leagues themselves, as to how long it takes before you do see the the news report that will inevitably break on every channel, which has a record deal
3: mm-hmm. of, a, mm-hmm. of a
2: female player mm-hmm. getting transferred yeah. across, whether it's across Europe or just in the Women's Super mm-hmm. League in in England, but. When the transfer deals start flocking in, that's when the sponsorship will take off. It's no massively. different from
3: yeah, no different from men's football. You know, we talk about commercial revenues, but but also then you've got player trading. Yeah, you know, yeah. these are the things that generate money for, for mm. football clubs. Mm. You know, we talk about business opportunities in football. There's nothing bigger than the women's game right now.
0: We mentioned uh, managers earlier, so we're on to that uh, part of the podcast. And uh, what better to start with having Jack. Uh, joining the team uh, to start with Benitas up in uh, Newcastle. Um, you know, interesting, his uh, his contracts out shortly. Mike Ashley's pulled the club off the market. Do you reckon he'll stay or is he going to go?
2: I think when you look at the biggest issues in Newcastle, it's always been the spending. Mm. Whether it's been surrounding the proposed training ground that should have been built, the facilities at the stadium, or actually the lack of transfers, which is a huge, huge issue. Um, I think when you look at the offer that's being given to Rafa Benitez and you look at all the different aspects put together from start to finish of his time in charge the only way that Rafa will actually stay with Newcastle is if there is a transfer budget given if there's if the shackles are removed and there's not this precedent that we only buy players who are under 25 and you don't buy anybody who's not proven or hasn't been scouted by three of the club scouts there's there's a lot of box ticking to do i Mm. think before Mm. rafa stays Mm. why do you think he joined in the first place for a challenge with newcastle a failing club have been since probably two years after mike ashley joined been relegated twice don't play the best football haven't done for over 10 years and He's a successful manager that was probably offered a fair sum for his wages. Was probably led on false promises because of the people who were above him, and was lured in. And then in his contract, obviously there's the there's the shackles clause that means that he can't leave without paying a certain fee. And mm-hmm. um, so I think he kind of just thought, "I'm going to see it out" as a project. But I think he's seen what us fans have seen for the past five ten years that it's not a project it's currently failing and there's obvious parties to blame for that the biggest thing is the investment there's not enough investment you look at teams around newcastle who came up at the same time huddersfield um brighton they're they're spending fulham now over 100 million yes okay they've been relegated but at least they're trying not yet no, well, they haven't mm. been relegated yet. But yeah, they're they're like it, yeah, yeah. Um, Wolves have. It, wolves, look at their spend, and yes, okay, they've got. They've obviously got a good system on the books, but it works. Mm. Benitez's shackles is mm. the fact that he doesn't have a good system. There's no investment. There's no real backing. The fans backing, but yeah, he loves the them, fan, Yeah, it, the fans can't pay. Them.
0: Yeah, but just imagine what it'd be like if he'd had if he'd had a budget. Where do you think Newcastle would be? I mean, if he had a budget, you no, know, not, not crazy money, mm-hmm, but if he just if,
2: had a budget. If he had the same budget as the likes of what Huddersfield have spent in the last two years, um, Brighton have spent in the last two years, Fulham have spent this year, mm-hmm. we haven't even spent as much as Cardiff over, right. over the year, and it's, it's embarrassing, but I think we'd probably be top ten comfortably because he plays a clever style of football that plays to our strengths, and it shows when we, you know we beat Man City 2-1 in a little bit of an upset... Oh recently and we went on a good run of form we gained a high amount of points should have held out against Wolves. Should have should have managed to hold out to the draw against Spurs. We can't play against the top teams with the squad that we've got now. You know, just gonna, I'm just going to. i to. Chelsea <laughs> doesn't know.
3: How to, you know the little e thing for explicit. Chelsea, Chelsea doesn't know how to put that on our podcast yet, so I can't swear at Jack, for that comment. I can't bloody really believe, it. Jack. Um, but again, good effort. But, yeah, but, we um, like that. Yeah, that's the one thing that they've done all season. <laughs> uh, um, but um, no, yeah, yeah, but no, I think the Benitez part of it is really interesting because you know he was obviously at Real Madrid yeah okay he got sacked but he was at Real Madrid before Newcastle and Uh, Napoli and Napoli yeah absolutely huge teams in
2: whichever whichever country he was managing yeah
3: we we know I mean this you know a bit of name dropping now I had lunch with Rafa Mm. before he took the Newcastle job and there's something about Newcastle and the fans and the potential of that club and the size of that club that that really has got under his skin, and he absolutely loves. He, you know, for him to, you know, it's no. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to get back for your comment about you beating Man City, but, you know, if he was, Newcastle is not the obvious Nets club for him to go to. Never was. Uh, no. Um, so he thinks that there is something really special there. Now, as you say, you know, perhaps he hasn't quite got what he thought he might get in terms of support, whether it's financial support or other resources. Um, and you know, Mike Ashley sounds like he's he's not going to sell the club for a while. Um, they have they did buy Almira, um, yeah, but again they up. borrowed money in order to do did, that.
2: They had to borrow yeah. money to fund a transfer that really should have been funded by what hasn't been spent mm. by the club for x amount of years. Well, they're profitable.
3: They, 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 they you know they, they, they you know they make a lot of money from player trading, yeah. which is good from a business perspective, but from yeah. Perhaps a, a football perspective compared to what the others are spending, like you say, it's um, it, it does make it difficult. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does.
2: And going back to what you were saying about Rafa finding something about the club that is so attractive, I think if you look at the club as a whole and you take away the issues that he's had, a stadium which is up there with arguably the best in the country, huge, huge stadium, huge history. Um, fans that are always there always get behind the club, try to get behind the manager, he's a fan favourite he's probably the best manager he's he's definitely the best manager but he's probably the most favoured manager we've had since Bobby Robson and Benitez obviously being a bit younger than he was now with the time when Robson was in charge he's seen he's seen what Newcastle can be and he's seen the legacy that Robson did leave behind Yeah good point, good point
0: Hey that's great, it's good, good having uh, good insight on that and uh... Um, so we move further south now because we're going to go down to uh, and discuss Surrey at, uh, at Chelsea. And we talk, we've talked about Surrey on a few occasions, and um, I mean now, obviously, coming towards the end of the season, he's probably likely to stay um, unless they have a disaster in the uh, Europa League. But uh, what are your thoughts, guys?
3: Well, who who are the um, there's been quite a bit of speculation in the last couple of days about who the favourites are to 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 take over. So who have we seen Chelsea? Chelsea. <laughs>
1: Um, I mean, hmm. in the in the news this morning, uh, apparently they're considering uh, Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo hmm. well, or, that no, right, yeah. Um Frank Lampard, who's at Derby. Yeah,
3: so Derby are eighth in the championship,
2: yeah. two okay. points off. off Borough, who works currently sat in fifth? Yeah, so not far outside the playoffs.
3: And there's, there were rumors earlier in the week that. Mel Morris is wanting to get rid yeah. of Derby. We yeah. know that the money has sort of dried up a little bit. He spent an awful lot of money mm, Mel yes. Morris to yeah. try and get promoted. Um, so you know, you could argue that Frank Lampard's done very well at Derby this season. Wherever they finish yeah. up, I yeah. mean they've got a very attractive style of play actually, which is very much a Chelsea what you might you know call a Chelsea style of play
2: Having a younger manager in Lampard made it easier for him to attract players mm. whether it be on loan in yeah. the two main loan players they've got Mount and Wilson yeah. all going towards the other side of he's attracted obviously Ashley Cole who came in and signed for them big big name signings mm. because of who's in charge rather than because of the club you could argue mm-hmm. it's yeah. the, the aspect yeah. of having yeah. Lampard's style of play
3: Yeah and, and, and then you, you ask the question well you know, is that going to work at Chelsea? It's a whole different ball game, isn't it? That's the thing. And you know, it's his, it's his first season. You know, um, I mean, you know, a Spirito Santo at, at Wolves. I mean, they had a fantastic season again. They spent a lot of money, but but again, they've got an attractive style of play that you can imagine would be very attract. You know, you know, Chelsea fans would would like it. It's you know, it's it's stylish. It's attacking. It's you know, they score lots of goals. Um, but they also know how to to defend, you know, which is perhaps back to the Jose Mourinho yeah, um, style. Um, and there's been talk as well about him this week. Yeah, it's just a Mourinho minute. No, this, no, this isn't.
0: No, no we'll come no, on we'll
3: to that. We'll come yeah. back to that. But he's
0: in again.
1: But I mean, yeah. the fans are apparently um, calling for him to return
3: for his third, his triple crown.
2: His yeah. third go. Well, he has won, He's won the Premier
3: League and He won three it times. the last two times. It would be great if he yeah. came
0: back and did it again, you know. A bit, mm-hmm. of, bit of entertainment. Yeah. It's handy for him. He lives nearby. He does. <laughs> it depends if um, Mr Bramovich is still uh, still the owner of the club, I suppose. He may be a new owner and a new uh, a new manager. So, uh, yeah, well, again, it's topical and we'll see. And also, more interesting, and again, we, we've spoken about this gentleman, Pochettino, um, whether he's going to stay at Spurs, I think his options. We were talking about this last week, actually. His options of moving are getting limited, aren't they? Yeah. They're you know, where do he go? Because Solskjaer's is still there. We'll come on to him in a minute. But it's. Uh, you know, and is is there still you know is there still you know juice in the in the in the lemon so to speak with with Tottenham? You know, is there still more that he can get out of that team? You know, we know that they don't they don't you know they spend their money very wisely. So, what else can he achieve? I mean, the, the, you know, there's a hell of a lot for him to achieve, but is he going to be able to do it with the squad he's got? And you know, forget about the new stadium. Yes, that'll be great, but I don't think that's a reason for staying as manager, to, so you can play in a new stadium. I
2: so, what are we thoughts, guys? I think it's smart to stay at Spurs the way that it is at the minute, based on the fact that the doors that were available from at the time with the most notable rumours being Man United and Madrid. Mm. Are, are just not there anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, do. We don't think so anyway. Well, you don't you, mm. we don't think that it's there anymore. I mean, I can't imagine that after the form that Solskjaer's been in at Man United that they wouldn't they wouldn't take him on like why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they take on a manager who the fans love and is a fan favorite and has been successful mm. so far.
3: Yeah, but but if you think yeah, but if you if you think about what we were talking about a few minutes ago, which is, you know, Frank Lampard and not being proven Chelsea. Solskjaer has it really been proven for Man United? The results are starting to, yeah. to to be more um erratic. They lost to Wolves, didn't they, in the FA Cup mm. last weekend. Mm. Um, you know, it's it's yeah, I mean There was bound to be a honeymoon wasn't Yeah, there? there was bound
0: to be a change in the in it, the players
3: because it, of what they were. He didn't have any success at real success at um Cardiff. Cardiff. Yeah. Um you know, he's done okay, Mulder, but you know, this yeah, I, I don't know. I I just why haven't they announced him by now? You know? And if they could get if if they could get Pochettino, if you had a choice, yeah. knowing everything you know right now, and you had a choice between Pochettino and Solskjaer mm. and you were trying to think, yes, commercially because that's how Man United think, but also thinking about how they can set, you know, set the stall out for the next five, ten years. You know, start, you know, knock City off the perch as they wanted to do with, um, you know, with Liverpool when Ferguson
2: came in. Who would you choose? I'd choose Pochettino. Yeah. Short-term commercial, you'd yeah. pick Solskjaer because it's short-term, but long-term, Pochettino, if he's at a club like Man United who will give him funds, who will give him a bit of time to settle in and build a squad around the style of football that he's, that he's built at, at Spurs, it's a long-term project. You could argue the only possibility of a modern-day project like what Fergie was so that, that long ago. Mm. Yeah I think I I what, what about you Steve?
0: Yeah I think he'll, uh, well I you know if he was offered the job if he was offered the man new job I think uh, you know I think we'd take it and Woodward. But if you were man united
3: who would you pick?
0: Yeah yeah no if You had the choice of Pochettino or or Solskjaer and who look,
3: would you pick out and,
0: of two? Well I would I'd would go with Pochettino. Mm. The reason you know and I mean yes Solskjaer knows a lot of the players but also woodward has been criticized for making some you know some 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 selections with Moyes and you know and obviously the, the manager since there, and in, I wouldn't say they've got a, they, they've 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 done well to get Solsha to perform to bring the players back on track as quickly as he did, you know. But the, you know quite often when a new manager goes into a club, you do get a reaction anyway because the players are then playing for the places, aren't mm. they? You know, they want to impress the new manager. So I think you've had an element of that, and that's ridden through with also some some decent you know, timing on the games. Um, and as James mentioned earlier, you know, there's just one or two, you know, it will, it'll come through eventually. You can only carry your players for so long that it comes down to organisational. It, it's proved, you know, it's proved some tactics,
3: have uh, worked with, with the champions. You know, champions it's League, such a short period of time. It, That's a problem. It, you it know. is. Yeah. And he, 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 from a man management point of view, he's changed things there. Okay. Yeah. Clearly he's changed things. Yeah. The players are playing, you know, it's the same players. They're playing a lot better, yeah. Whilst he's manager in this short period, than they, they were in the Mourinho. Now,
0: and here's a question: We talked about Juve and the share price and mm. what? A, I mean, that was obviously Ronaldo with his with his his hat trick. But remember, there's shareholders involved here. Mm. It's a publicly traded company. Yep. So you've got to look at you know if Pochettino came in, how would that affect the share price? I think it would strengthen it. It would. It would strengthen it. Yeah. And and so you've got to look at it from. Now, there's rumour also that the Glazers are looking potentially, you know, I mean, all right, every club's for sale, but there's rumours there as well. So it, it's, you know, it's the value of the club with Pochettino in there, that gives stability, it gives experience, it gives, you know, um, yeah, it probably gives a signed bit more a longevity. Big. So I think, you know, there's other answers, and I think Woodward would go for it.
2: Signing a big manager is the same as signing a big player. Yeah, yeah. They do yeah. do the same for the share price, yeah. and what it does, what it does for the fans, makes the fans happy, and it makes the shareholders happy because it's positivity and stability. Yeah. and Which that's where Newcastle
3: lost out, by yeah. the way, because you know, Benitez, when he first joined Newcastle, I think everybody would agree he was one of the maybe top five managers in in Europe. Mm. Um, and you know, in terms of what he'd achieved, you know, his abilities, and. You know, Newcastle could have built so so much on that. You know, they could have attracted the players in if they'd spent the money. And, you know, the same applies. This is Manchester United. They've got the money to spend. So you want the manager that's going to bring the best. You know, Pochettino's probably, you know, seen as now one of the top five managers in the, in the world. Um, and, you know, he, yeah, but I think there's a lot of players that want to play for him. You know, it's a bit like when Carragher went, you know, and played for England again because he wanted to play for Capello. A lot of the top, you know, I'm not saying necessarily that Carragher was at the top of his game at that point, but there's a, you know, a lot of the players that play in the top leagues want to play for the best managers. You know, it's the Guardiola effect at City. You know, it's, you know, Mm, Solskjaer at Man United works because of the history, but doesn't necessarily work in terms of the future. And I think that's the the key difference.
0: Okay, well, we've... uh... Normally come on to Mourinho Minute, as everybody knows, listen to the podcast, but we've, uh, we've spoken quite a lot about Mr Mourinho. Definitely spend a minute on him. And uh, we have certainly spent a minute. So we'll, uh, we'll take that as our Mourinho Minute. Now, just a correction, uh, guys. Just um, on a previous podcast, I was uh, referring to The Big Short, and I mentioned about the quote from the guys at Brownfield who said, uh, well, I said, one plus one equals fish. Now, our guys in the quant... Uh, department pulled me up the other day in the office and said, Steve, you said one plus one is fish. Mm, it's actually numbers are wrong. My numbers are wrong. So yeah. good for them. They're on the ball because it's actually two plus two equals fish. Yes. So there we go, guys. Just so everybody knows, I don't want people running out getting t-shirts printed with <laughs> one plus one equals fish and it's really two plus two. So uh, uh, there we are. I apologize and uh, I, I'm going to have to watch it again. Yeah. That's another reason to watch it again. Yes. So uh, good. Now, um, just uh, before we, uh, we break and, uh, and finish the podcast for the week next week this is what we're going to be covering next week so uh, we're going to be looking at Premier League clubs in more detail and really how, you know, how, how much are they worth uh, how do they increase the value of a Premier League club you know, what are they looking at what do they do do you look in prospective buyers is it just the cash or is there a plan there you know, to take the club forward and build the, the asset value and we're probably going to look we've discussed obviously and Jack's also joins us here so we're going to look at Newcastle as a case study for this, so we'll uh, we'll have some information on that, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good one next week. A lot happening. Uh, uh, obviously, there's a, a, a window uh, this uh, uh, weekend with the uh, with obviously the uh, no Premier League and no uh, major games, but uh, we'll be back with plenty of action for the next week's podcast. So, guys, good enjoy your uh, your weekend, and good luck with whatever sport you're doing. Yeah.